Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 5 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Stories of the New Testament, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 9 examines Matthew chapter 24, The Destruction of the Temple. Matthew 24 was given to his disciples on the Mount of Olives. Therefore, it is sometimes referred to as the Olivet Sermon. The Mount of Olives overlooks the Temple of Jerusalem. The Temple would have loomed huge and formidable before their eyes. Therefore, it is the perfect setting and perhaps the most startling of Christ's predictions. Jesus opens his sermon by saying, And Jesus went out and departed from the Temple, And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Four of his disciples came to Jesus privately and asked when this would occur. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? In Mark 13, we learn the names of the four disciples, Peter, James, John, and Andrew. As shown above, they asked two specific questions. One, when will the temple be destroyed? Two, What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? It is helpful to read Matthew 24 in that context. In this podcast, we shall cover scriptures relating to the destruction of the temple. Let's begin with verses 4 and 5. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Clearly, apostasy began very early in the church. Many Jews who rejected the true Messiah continued to look for another, thus opening the door for many seeking glory to claim to be Christ. It appears that even members of the church would be deceived by such claims, thus the Savior's warning. The threat of apostasy from the true doctrines of Christ never ends. Now, let's consider verses 9 through 13. Notice, of course, that there shall be overlap because many of the conditions that existed then will also exist in our day. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, The love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Historically, we know that the early Christians suffered tremendous persecutions. Many of the apostles became martyrs. 
Apparently, it reached into the church itself, where members of the church began to betray each other and even hate each other. In fact, many of the teachings of the apostles address the cause of dissension that is growing among the members of the church. In addition, false prophets arose. The Savior set up his organization. He chose twelve apostles to guide his church, and of those twelve, he appointed Peter, James, and John to be the head. Those self-appointed prophets or apostles who worked outside of that system were false. However, they would deceive many. Notice that sin or iniquity is anathema to the pure love of Christ. Sin hardens men's hearts and causes love to wax cold. The Savior's admonition is universal. He that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Endurance is one of the saving virtues. Christ then speaks the language of the Jews. Bible scholars would have understood the words of Daniel. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. The Jews clearly understood what the abomination of desolation meant. They had a long history of war and subjugation to other powerful nations. In 720, the kingdom of Israel was conquered by the Assyrian Empire. In 600 BC, they were conquered by the Babylonians. In 322, the Greeks, led by Alexander the Great, conquered Israel. In 63 BC, Rome, led by Pompey the Great, conquered Israel. However, this particular abomination of desolation, referred to by Christ, stood out. One, it would come suddenly. Then let him which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Two, it would be the worst disaster in their history. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Christ gave this prophecy about 33 AD, less than 40 years later, when the Jews rebelled against Roman rule, the prophecy came to pass. In 70 AD, the Romans ransacked the city of Jerusalem. Josephus, the Jewish historian, gives the following dark account. While the temple blazed, the victors plundered everything that fell in their way and slaughtered wholesale all who were caught. No pity was shown for age, no reverence for rank, children and graybeards, laity and priests alike were massacred. Every class was pursued and encompassed in the grasp of war. There were the war cries of the Roman legions sweeping onward in mass, the howls of the rebels encircled by fire and sword, the rush of the people who, cut off from above, fled panic-stricken only to fall into the arms of the foe. You would indeed have thought that the temple hill was boiling over from its base, being everywhere one mass of flame, but yet, that the stream of blood was more copious than the flames, and the slain more numerous than the slayers.
According to Josephus, 1,100,000 Jews were killed in the battle. No wonder the Savior said, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Please join us next week as we discuss the second question asked by his apostles. What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.